Welcome back to Here So We Don't Get Fine. My name is David, and uh, sitting across from me is... Tomas, the one and only. People are going to think your name is really Tomas as often as you introduce yourself as Tomas. I mean, listen, it's just fun, all right? Thomas is so boring sometimes. Like, I like to put a little pizzazz. My name is David. David? Ew, David. Ew, David. Ah, no, David. If you haven't seen Shit's Creek, it's a funny uh, show. And we don't, that's the name of a show. It is a last name. David said a wordy dude. We don't have to put the explicit on there. That is the name of a last name on a television show. We don't have to, we don't have to do that. What the shit, David? Well, now we have to put it. What are you talking about? It's a last name. Yeah, but you didn't use it in that. You didn't say S-C-H-I-T. How would you know? There's not subtitles for me speaking. Because you don't use people's names as a as a word. Stop being a David. Fair point. Fair point. Anyway, um, hello. Welcome back to the podcast. Today we got some exciting stuff to get into. Uh, but before we do that, we are going to do the game that Thomas never wins. So, I won last time. Uh, it brings me great joy. You won one time. Okay. It's, it's the start of something new. It's the start of something new. Listen, uh, can we get back, or are you going to keep catching Pokemon and singing High School Musical? Calm or, or can we down. get back to Calm down. the pot? I am present. I am okay. here. All right? I'm just catching Pokemon. That's fair. That's fair. Right, I, I can't do those two things at the same time. Well, uh, listen, one of them, I'm so just flicking more a More power to you, Batman. I don't have to pay attention to the phone to listen. See that's where you and I differ. I have to like pay attention to my phone. Well, so I guess I'm just built different. Yeah. No, I can't multitask. I think that's pretty like I am I am not capable of multitasking. I'm very bad at it. So I for, can for you people who can, I'm jealous of you. I can sometimes. <clears throat> it depends on what I'm multitasking. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, anyway, question number one. Okay. Who is the NFL's all-time leading scorer? Adam Vinatieri. That is correct. This uh, this website actually has it wrong. They say it's Morton Anderson, but two years ago, the year Adam Vinatieri, I guess technically it was the year before he retired, but the last year he played, he surpassed Morton Anderson as the all-time leading scorer. It always takes me a second <clears throat> to remember that kickers lead, or like the consensus top leaders in scoring in the NFL because quarterbacks don't get like yeah they don't get six points for that, a thud. yeah that point goes to the wide receiver running yeah. back tight end offensive lineman uh who holds the record for the most touchdowns whoa, whoa, whoa. in a single oh yeah you need a hint that's yeah. fair that's fair uh AFC Javante Williams no okay uh who holds the record for the most touchdowns in a single season that is not a quarterback well Damian Tomlinson that's correct. I'll give you two hints if you can tell me how many he got in 28. What? 28. Ah, incorrect. 31. Oh, he had 28 rushing. Sorry about it. Sorry about uh, it. That's okay. Uh, the second hint, AFC East. Ooh. Stefan Diggs. It is not Stefan Diggs. Uh, which team has the most regular season wins in NFL history? Like all time or like yeah. in a season? All time. Oh, all time. <clears throat> interesting, interesting, interesting. 
Part of me wants to scream Miami, but I don't think that's right. See, this is a really good one because you have teams like Miami and Green Bay and Dallas and that, Buffalo. Those are literally around, and Pittsburgh that have been around for a well, long time. So this is I like this question a lot. Well, Pittsburgh was useless until like the until Terry Bradshaw and Mean Joe Green. Um, but my first two like immediately jumped out and out jump out and jump outing at me are uh, Miami and Green Bay, but I don't think either of those are correct. I will say you are correct that it is neither one of those. I'm going to go. So most wins all time in history of the NFL. Regular season. Correct. Give me the Raiders. That is incorrect. Uh, The correct answer was the Dallas Cowboys. I guess that makes sense. I guess that makes sense. It is indeed the Dallas Cowboys. Sorry about it. It's okay. Uh, Do you want to take another guess? Uh, oh, oh, oh. Um, it's not someone in the hospital right now, is it? What would make you think that? I don't know. Just like... It's not Damar Hamlin, is it? It's Damar Hamlin. Oh, yeah, yeah. I wanted to highlight Damar Hamlin, man. We're going to talk about him in a little bit. I wanted to highlight him. It is Bill Safety, Damar Hamlin. Um, the last two questions I was going to ask you, who has the most sacks in a single season... That's tied T.J. Watt with Michael Strahan at 22.5. That is correct. And then uh, the last one was who has the most tackles in a single season. The most tackles in a single season. That's a interessante. Junior Seau. Nope. Some guy named Derek Brooks who holds the record oh, for the most he tackles. he played linebacker for Tampa Bay. 214 tackles in a season. Yeah, he played linebacker for Tampa Bay. He was uh, which pretty is good. ridiculous. But no, uh, congratulations. You got it correct. I I specifically intentionally picked DeMar Hamlin because we have phenomenal news about DeMar Hamlin. Uh, by the time you listen to our podcast on Thursday, if you did listen to our podcast on Thursday, you had some news that we had not gotten when we recorded on Wednesday. But for those who don't know, DeMar Hamlin, obviously tragic incident on Monday Night Football. One of the cardiac arrests, something we think is called commotio cordis. Still, that is still unconfirmed, but that's what the kind of general consensus amongst the medical community is, or at least seems like it is, based off what we've read on the interwebs. Um, he went into the cardiac arrest, had to have CPR administered, was rushed to the hospital, was in a coma and on a breathing breathing tube and a ventilator. Um, it did not look phenomenal. But then the doctors were coming out showing signs of improvement, signs of improvement. Finally, he woke up uh, and was able to take, like, uh, take orders, if you will. Like, that's... But, like, blink your eyes, lift your hands, stuff like that. Uh, and then he was able to write something down. Apparently, he wrote down uh, who won the game. That was the first question. Didn't know he had been out for two days. Yeah, yeah. But then the doctors responded, you won. You won the game of life, which, like, absolutely. Uh, But that in itself, phenomenal news. But then even better news, yesterday we found out, uh, yesterday being Friday, we found out that he actually had the breathing tube or the ventilator removed and he could speak on his own. He was talking to his family. He was even able to call in via FaceTime or Zoom, whichever one. Uh, Hopefully FaceTime. And talk to the Buffalo Bills. And so um, the fact that in just a few days he went from uh, dropping to the field with sudden cardiac arrest 
to being able to speak, being able to, to get up and move and, and, and do things. Um, the outlook seems amazing. The doctors have continually said uh, their goal and the best case scenario is he's going to be back in perfect health, in the same health uh, he was before the game. And so absolutely huge for DeMar Hamlin and a really, really cool thing that we just wanted to mention update you guys on. Absolutely. I mean, especially like the entire sport world kind of stopped. Yeah. And all eyes were on it. So it's really nice that it looks like, you know, it's not over yet. Yeah. There's still a lot of tests that got to be done. But it looks like we're going to avoid the worst case scenario here. And that is a big uh, positive. Yeah. That's the biggest positive. Oh, and um, when he like came to and stuff, all the testing. He shows absolutely no neurological damage. The doctors came out. Um, the doctors finally came out, like spoken. The ones who gave us this news, they said that uh, there's absolutely no neurological damage, and they said the fast response by the staff on the field not only saved his or not only saved him from having like major neurological distress, but also saved his life probably. And so, uh, just I I love the fact. That we had people, we, I'm not a part of the NFL. I love the fact that there were people but you, you are there part. and ready to help. Even the things that you don't know. I, I saw someone encouraging people to get CPR classes. And I do think that's big. Like I, I Everyone should be CPR certified. I was CPR certified for six years. Mine actually just ran out last year. I should probably get that. Mine re-upped. ran out uh, a couple years ago. Should probably get that re up just because like and it's stuff like this that makes you think about it. This is something that never happens. It doesn't happen. This thing does not happen in sport, and yet they still take the time to do these drills to go over these protocols. And because they did that for this thing that doesn't happen, they were able to to save this young man's life. And yeah. So thankfully, absolutely the, huge. Thankfully, the emergency action plan that the NFL has was executed flawlessly. Yeah. Uh, like they, you know, they said following this event that like oh you know the plan went to perfection blah 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 but like it kind of was not even remotely paid attention to you know because of all the things happening at once what's going to happen with the game what's going to happen with damar hamlin and his health is he going to be okay if he is okay what happens going forward like there's just so much happening all at once yeah that the effectiveness of the NFL's emergency action plan kind of felt like got not saying that it deserved attention, but it's always nice when we can prove that something does work. Like it is proven to work as opposed to like, hypothetically, if this happens, we have a plan. There's actually now a history. I'm not saying what happened was good or anything like that. No, no, I get what you're saying. Yeah. I get what you're saying. Um, I, I was a lifeguard for four years. I guess technically I was a lifeguard for like five years because mm-hmm. certifications and stuff. But anyway, I was a lifeguard. Uh, and I was told by our instructor, she was like, I've been a lifeguard for 32 years and I have never once had to use my training. This kind of stuff, it doesn't happen. Three weeks in <laughs> to me being a lifeguard, I had to save someone's life. Uh, and it wasn't major i pulled him out of the water didn't have to you know resuscitate didn't have to you know do anything major or throw a float in like i, I dove in and got him swam back like it wasn't a big deal but the point is 
it would be really easy to say, oh, this is never going to happen. Let's skip it. Yeah. Uh, and that wasn't done. And again, it saved DeMar Hamlin's life. And I think that is massive. That is huge. Uh, I think the NFL can be the biggest punching bag in the world. It's really easy to hate on the NFL because, well, they deserve it a lot of the times. But I do think because we spend so much time doing that, we should also give them props. Absolutely. Uh, where they deserve it. And they deserve it here for sure. Uh, and a lot of people have been asking if, oh, what about football? Is he ever going to be able to play football again? Um, I don't know. I think ultimately um, that's up to him. And it depends on like what medical. else they may find. Yeah. yeah. Like, was there some sort of pre existing condition? Anything else? Was it just that? Whatever. Um, this isn't 1000% like unprecedented. There have been a couple of cases. Uh, in professional sports, uh, a lot of them did not play again, but it's because they discovered another pre-existing heart condition when doing tests after suffering these commotio cordis. Again, if indeed this is what he has, that has still not been confirmed. We should say that. Uh, but there is a confirmed case of commotio cordis where a guy did come back and play an entire hall of fame career. And that's a guy named Chris Pronger. He was a defenseman. In the NHL for a long time, Hall of Famer, uh, played for another like twelve years. Yeah, he after, had a he had a notable career. Yeah, after suffering uh, twelve, after suffering commotio cordis uh, at about the age of twenty four, like Demar Hamlin, uh, on the ice, hit by a slap shot that was going like one hundred and seven miles an hour or something in That's the chest, fast. he dropped to the ground, got back up, took two strides, and collapsed again. One of his teammates actually dropped immediately and started giving him CPR. I thought that was cool until the medical people showed up. Uh, but he survived, obviously, came back, and like you said, went on to have a heck of a career as a defenseman in the NHL for like 12 more years. And so um, it's not impossible. It's definitely not impossible. I just like, you know, mentality-wise, when you almost die, how willing are you to do the exact same thing that right. caused you, you know? So uh, I think it's going to be up to him and his family. That's their decision. I don't think that's the important thing right now uh, by any stretch of the imagination. Like, he needs to make a full recovery before he even thinks about it. And it's about him, so let alone whether, like, we're thinking about it. But there are people who are thinking about it. So I'm not saying he should or he shouldn't. He can or he can't. But that's the evidence. There have been people who have, people who haven't, based off different variables that we just don't know based off of what we know about DeMar Hamlin. Let me tell you something. I wish I could have been a fly on the wall in that Don't you room. Wish that you could be a fly on the wall. Anyone remember that old Miley Cyrus song? Oh my God, David! Do you, you remember just that song? Unlocked a memory. Do you remember that song? Yes. The, oh the music God. video was so weird. Oh it had like the God. the fly eye. Don't you wish that you could be a fly on the wall? Dog. And now Love she's it. crazy. Hot. I mean, I mean, uh, I wish I could have been a fly on the wall when DeMar Hamlin was told about his charity and the impact it's had since he, since his, uh, I don't know what emergency since his emergency incident. Yeah. whatever. I I feel like incident kind of, or incident or accident kind of undercuts the severity (sighs) of it, you know, since his fall, like since his emergency, the response to his charity, I Ah, uh, what a wholesome part of this tr- potentially tragic story. Um, 
Yeah. So what are they at now? Like eight million dollars, over eight Something million dollars. Like that it is raised for it this is. charity. And it's I saw slowed, it slowed down a little bit, but I mean it was going so fast. It had a twenty five hundred dollar goal, and it's at eight million. Slowed down. Um, that's amazing. Yeah, absolutely. No, absolutely. And I found out today that it's in conjunction with the daycare that his mom runs in Pittsburgh, uh, to which a bunch of Steelers players today showed up and surprised her with a bunch of toys and supplies uh, for not only the toy drive, but for the uh, for the daycare itself. And so, good on you for being a fan of some good folk. I think the sport, sports in general have evolved. In the last 30 professional sports, like uh, we hear older players refer to the league as a brotherhood. Yeah. And I think back then that was more so with your teammates, whereas now it feels like it's a brotherhood within the entire league. You know? Yeah. It's not just, you know, teammates only looking out for teammates. It's the entire fraternity of NFL players, if you will, looking out for each other. Well, I think one of the biggest things about a community is relatability. And what I mean by that is like, you're going to be naturally closer to someone if you are able to relate to someone. Makes sense. Um, I think when you listen to people talk, obviously I work at a church and so like the best sermons are relatable sermons. There's a, there's a, a comedy show by Ellen DeGeneres, a stand-up show called Relatable and it's about how not relatable she is, which is what makes it funny. That's the comedy of it. Um, and like just relatability is something that is so unique and, and can bring people really close. And there are billions probably of football fans around the world, but only those guys in those locker rooms actually know what it's like to be a football player. Yeah. And I think that is something that is overlooked. Um, like we complain all the time. But we have no idea the hours and the like. I, how many times have I called Matt Ryan a ter- Carson Wentz? Carson Wentz. Let's talk about Carson Wentz. How many times have we called Carson Wentz a horrific football player? A couple, a few, a lot. We have. I don't know that we've ever said a good thing about Carson Wentz on this podcast. I mean, I have. I don't know that I have. But I have no idea the work that Carson Wentz has put in. I have no idea how much time he spent throwing a football, how much time he spent working on his craft, hours, sleepless nights. Like Carson Wentz has worked harder to play football than I have worked cumulatively in my life combined. Like I do not understand Carson Wentz and the work ethic and what it takes to be an NFL football player. The stuff that he has to deal with idiots like me saying awful things about him. Like, all of that crap, like all the stuff that NFL players have to deal with, I don't think anybody, no fan, no pundit, no journalist who hasn't actually played. Like I love Stephen A. He doesn't even know. All the stuff that they go through on a regular basis, their bodies, their minds, everything. No one knows that better than one another. Right. And I think that just creates this massive community and when they see, especially in something like this, because this happens and they immediately know that that could have been me. That could have been my brother. That could have been my teammate. You know what I mean? And so I agree with you. I think this is a, the, the NFL community is such a massive 
community uh, and a brotherhood, not just with your teammates, but with everybody. Uh, and I think that's huge. And I, I think that's really, really special. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, now, I, I don't know what else there is to say about this. I mean, we'll give you I updates agree. as we yeah. get them. Good for uh, you, Demar. I'm sure there's a long road still ahead, and there's going to be a couple of episodes where updates are given. Transitioning, though, uh, some interesting stuff happened in college football. Uh, no, not really. Well, I, I mean, mean, nothing major happened this weekend. None of us were proven completely wrong and stupid. And, you know, no one had a uh, dynamite report come out, uh, LSU. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, one. Okay, so uh, a scathing report came out from LSU with allegations of a triple X party for a recruit, a very high-end wide receiver. A recruit? recruit? A recruit. Meaning not in college? Meaning not in college. Meaning a high schooler? Meaning a high schooler. Okay. Uh, To try and woo him to the college, this party was thrown that was also enjoyed by coaching staff and other staff all at the same time. Listen, he might get you to the NFL, but can you look at these giddies with Nick Saban? That's what I thought, buddy. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I so wish we had video right now for that whole thing you just did. I just, all I want, all I wanted was that on video. Did that really happen? That really happened. Uh... I think it's a bit ironic because uh, Brian God. Kelly, I should have been a wide receiver, recent head coach in high school uh, for LSU, left a Catholic school. You might have heard of Notre Dame. Never heard of it. Uh, Isn't that the the giant church that burnt down in France? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm thinking uh, that's Notre Dame. Mm, mm, Notre mm. Dame is a Catholic. That's a Disney movie, right? That's the hunchback of Notre Dame. Oh, okay. Sorry. sorry. Uh, Notre Dame is a, you know, Catholic okay. college it. in Illinois. Indiana. Same difference. It's not. They're the same state. Let's be Tell real. people from Illinois that it's the same thing. I Tell just, people from Indiana that's the same thing. I think I just did. That's the same state. You guys okay. are basically the Midwestern Carolinas. <laughs> <laughs> so, congrats. Uh <laughs> okay there buddy <laughs> that was awesome um, um except weed is legal in illinois so they're not and everyone in indiana goes to illinois to do that but college football playoff oh gosh first two games tcu versus michigan ohio state versus georgia none of these games went the way we thought they would well one of them went the way i thought they would but you did not think tcu was gonna beat michigan TCU. Do not lie. You did not think TCU was going to beat Michigan. You definitely didn't think they were going to stomp Michigan. You did not. Do not even sit here and lie. Max Dugan is that guy, dude. Max Duggan played terrible. Okay. He played okay. He played terrible. What, 14 and 29, 225, 2 and 2 is terrible? Yes. You're right. That is bad. What do you. Anyway, <laughs> I would just like to say this before we get off because Thomas is going to gloat and throw it in my face anyway. Um, I can admit when I'm wrong. Okay, do it. I'm still not wrong. What? But I'm wrong-ish. Elaborate. No, I'm, I'm completely wrong, okay? Um, I 
I did say, this is on record on this pod, saying mm-hmm. that Michigan is not as good as their record. I said that. Okay. That's on record. Yeah. I was, so I'd like to say I'm right on that. Okay. But I very vehemently said that Ohio State did not deserve to be in the playoff. Do you mean TCU? I didn't say TCU. On this podcast, I argued Ohio State. Okay. However, off the record, I did also vehemently say that TCU did not belong in the college football playoff. Uh, that was the best first round the college football playoff has had since its inception. Oh, it was incredible. Both games were a nail-biter. Both games were fantastic. Usually, I, usually we'll get like one good game and then one that's just a blowout. I was convinced. My mom, so after that first pick six, my mom, huge football fan, doesn't know anything about it. So she always texts me about it. And so she just goes, what was that pick six? And they're down, obviously Michigan's down seven nothing. I texted her. I said, Psh, mom, please. It's TCU. Michigan wins by 20. This is just, it's the first quarter. I was wrong. I mean, TCU played a great game. Obviously, Max Duggan played terrible. But... The defense played really, really well, rushing the ball. Both teams ran the ball pretty well. And yeah. then uh, the Ohio State and Georgia game, I, Georgia was going to win by 60. If, if the over-under, or not the over-under, if the spread was 55, I would have taken Georgia minus 55. I mean, they were going to win by 70 and it wasn't going to be close. And they lost that game. I mean, the whole game we're losing yeah. until the very, very end. 48 minutes of that football game, Georgia was losing. Well, hold on. Obviously not. I'm, I'm being hyperbolic here. But I'm saying the majority of the game, it looked like Ohio State had it. And uh, Georgia did take a three-point lead in the second quarter. But you get what I'm saying? Yeah. The majority of the game, it looked like Ohio State had this game. It wasn't a runaway or anything, but they looked like they had the game. And so for that, I would like to say I was wrong. I spent a lot of time trash talking the Horn Frogs and the Buckeyes, and instead they gave me some of the most entertaining college football that I've ever watched. Two games back to back. It was awesome. Can we talk about one of the greatest things in college football being the Hypno Frog from Futurama that TCU uses? I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, so uh, Futurama has this reoccurring bit. Uh, of a hypno frog and this frog that has like the ability to turn anyone or like to hypnotize anyone and they'll throw it up on the jumbotron oh i do know what you're talking about it's one of the greatest things i didn't know it was called the hypno frog yeah but i do know what you're talking about but uh let's let's keep talking about tcu tcu (laughs) bounced back hard after losing star running back keandre miller Keandre Miller, who had been a driving component of their team this entire season. They did get some production out of him before he went down with an MCL sprain. Uh, 57 yards on eight carries. He is currently a 50-50 on playing the national championship against Georgia. That is going to be a huge loss for TCU, but uh, I'm not going to try to... I am going to try to pronounce this name. Amari... DeMarcado stepping in had 150 yards and a touchdown on 17 carries. That's a big, big boost. 8.8 yards per carry is nasty. And I think think this TCU team is 
going to have the entire country rooting for them against Georgia. This is a David versus Goliath. I mean, when you hear some they of the when you hear some of the stats behind this team, Max Duggan wasn't even the starting quarterback going into this season. He was a backup. Uh, TCU's starter cornerback was ranked like a thousandth, one hundred and twenty ninth in his graduating class. He wasn't even top hundred in his position. Like. This team is composed of people who are coming out of nowhere and taking their chance. They are taking the spotlight and putting it, they are making their future. First, the Georgia team. That is very deep, very tough, very scary. Usually in situations like this, the bill always comes due. And I will admit that I am a bit nervous, a bit worried that the national championship is going to be a blowout. I hope they just have a good waiter who uh, comps the bill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The bill like, the bill always comes due unless it doesn't. And I really hope it doesn't. Man, I, again, spent a lot of time trash talking this team. They have won me over. It's a fun team to root for, dude. This is a team that went 3-8 and eight last year. Their defense was incredible against Michigan. Like I said, two pick sixes. They had a few turnovers. Like, it was just, I mean, it was a really fun game to watch. I am, I'm always an underdog guy. But I don't like bad football. Yeah. And so, that's my only issue with underdogs getting so far is because, like you said, the bill always comes due. But the way they played against Michigan, which, again, is a team that I don't think is was as good as everyone thought they were. But the way they played against Michigan made me think that they belong. This might be because this is a Michigan team that beat the crap out of Ohio State, and Ohio State was toe to toe with Georgia. Yep. And so, like, I don't know, man. I hope it's a good game. I think it might be. Let's go TCU. It's either going to be, I feel like this game is going to go one of two ways. It's either going to be one of the greatest national championship games we've seen in a minute. Or it's not even. It's going to be over by the end of the first quarter. I think it would take a lot to beat Alabama, Georgia, where Tua came in in the second half. To you think that's the best one? It was such a good game. Although Alabama, Clemson, where uh, where Hunter Deshaun, Renfro Deshaun caught the game Watson, winning. Yeah, yeah, that's also, a that was a good game. Back right before there. he was a little creeper, uh, that was also a fantastic game. Yeah, yeah just the the comeback. I love a good comeback too. Um, not always. You know, yeah. sometimes yeah. I hate comebacks, personally. Uh, especially, like, if they're around the 33-point range. Those are the worst kind of comebacks. But I love good comeback story. Kind of like Kim Kardashian. Um, oh, my God. But, yeah, so I love that Georgia-Alabama Georgia final. Um, but this one could – it has the potential, like you said, to be one of the best, for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, transitioning, that was one half – of the college football semi semifinals, yep. we have another half to talk about, and one that we've alluded to a little bit: Ohio State, Georgia, Georgia winning forty two forty one. Wow! Uh, as we were talking about, Georgia did not have the lead for the majority of this game. They took the lead with one minute and forty nine seconds left in the second half, and then Ohio State retook that lead back with fifty eight seconds left. So, quick maths. That's 51 seconds that they had the lead in the first half. Uh, very good job. Very good job. Uh, C.J. Stroud, quarterback for the Buckeyes, doing a lot for his uh, 
draft value, if Played you will. perfect football. Uh, th- 23 or 34, 348, and four touchdowns, zero interceptions, zero fumbles. Seems like quarterbacks that can take care of the ball, I think. Yeah. I would say so. Yeah. Uh, notable wide receiver Marvin Harrison Jr., son of NFL great Marvin Harrison, having a year. I think this man is ready for the NFL. He's not going to be able to go into this draft. He's going to have to wait another year, but I think he's ready. I think if he was in this draft, definitely a top three wide receiver taken. I don't know if he's better than Addison and uh, Ohio State's other wide receiver, who's the consensus number one wide receiver prospect. Amika Ibuka? No, I don't think he played in the. God, I don't. Cool I don't think he was playing. I want to make a Buka on my team. But uh, yeah, Marvin Harrison Jr. Five receptions, 106 yards, two touchdowns on ten targets. Uh, you'd like to see him catch a little bit more of those targets, but I imagine that he was being thrown the ball any 50-50 chance that he was given because we've seen this season him be able to carry this offense forward by himself. Yeah, uh, he did have a fumble. But I think it ran out of bounds. Yeah. So, uh, but that's okay. I agree. This Ohio State team played phenomenally. The kicker, poor guy. Man's probably got death threats. If we're being honest, probably poor, poor, poor guy. If you didn't know, they had a chance to uh, win it at the end with like a forty-four yarder. Like it wasn't a long kick, and then he absolutely, I mean, demolished the side of that football. It sliced to the left or hooked to the left, whichever a hook or a slice is. It's a shame when it comes to kickers because, like, we will immediately harp on that one missed kick and discount the other seven of the eight attempts that he made. Yeah. So it's uh, sad for him. Uh, I know I probably couldn't make a 15-yard field goal, so, like, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, how do you not make this? But poor guy. Poor Ohio State. I was, I was, I've never in my life rooted for Ohio State, but I was rooting for Ohio State watching that game. <laughs> I mean, I mean, think about it like this, dude. Like we were, we got so close to a TCU Ohio State, which would have been national. Championship. It's never been three and four. It's never in been fact, three and four. I'm pretty sure this is the first time the three seed has ever made it to the final. I think Alabama's been a three seed. Once I'm pretty or twice. sure this is the only time a three seed has ever made it to the final. But I, I mean, from a parody standpoint, oh yes, please. Yeah. But uh, on Georgia's side of things, Stetson Bennett having a good game, but not as good as C.J. Stroud. Uh, Stetson Bennett, twenty-three of thirty-four, three ninety-eight, three touchdowns, and an interception. That was a that was a good quarterback duel in that game. It's it's hilarious to me that they both threw exactly 34 passes and completed 23. Yeah. Uh, That's and awesome. One of them. But Bennett had a higher... Oh, never mind. I thought C.J. Stroud had 400 yards for some reason. No, no, no. Bennett had more yards, but he had less touchdowns and a pick. Stroud had one more touchdown and no picks. Um, but... Oh, Bennett, Bennett still played a good game. Bennett, Bennett did add a touchdown on the ground to go with his negative eighteen rushing yards. Oh my god! <laughs> um, so let me ask you this: if you're a if you're a GM in the draft, you have two quarterbacks here who are going to be drafted fairly high. I don't know that Stetson Bennett is going to be drafted really? very high. I, I don't think a lot of people like Stetson Bennett. I have not heard his name mentioned in a lot of mocks exactly. and all that, but I think he's got another year. No, 
No? Sure oh, he's no, like, he's a senior. I was about to say, I'm pretty sure he's like 24. What is up with all the hate on Stetson Bennett? He's not good. I mean, yeah, but for the numbers that he puts up and the success that his team has. I don't know. Look has, at his stats. His stats are not, like, I'm not saying do it now. We'll talk about it later. But statistically, Stetson Bennett is not great. Like, we look at the the the, the championship last year, and people say they won they won all season long and the championship despite having Stetson Bennett. Um, there has always been this negative kind of connotation around Stetson Bennett. He kid. He looks like a pharmaceutical salesman. That he does. He does. But, I mean, okay, last year he had 2,800 yards, 29 touchdowns, and seven interceptions. This year he had 3,800 yards, 23 touchdowns, seven interceptions. Those aren't terrible numbers. Yeah, last year's not great. This year's a lot better. Um, but, yeah, I, like, I think – in college football, we've become so used to seeing these guys having massive years because these are superstar guys that are playing against terrible dudes. Like We see Trevor Lawrence years. We see Mac Jones years. We see, obviously, Joey Burrow years. And so we're, we're used to seeing these massive numbers from quarterbacks uh, with, like, two interceptions and 40 touchdowns. And so right. when, you, when, you bring at, when you bring at us these still above average but – still very pedestrian numbers. People look at Stetson Bennett like he's not all that. Um, and, you know, I don't. I, I have not studied Stetson Bennett game tape, but I don't think a lot of people are high on him, so I don't know how he's going to do in the draft. Uh, I don't know why this just popped into my brain. You want to hear a fun fact? Always. Ray Lewis's first career sack was against John Harbaugh. Oh, huh. go Colts. Or person who would eventually become his head coach. No, Jim Harbaugh played for the Colts, not John Harbaugh. Yeah. There you go. I always get them mixed up. How? They're not even like related. They're twins, bro. Wait, are they twins? I no, thought they were they just look brothers. just alike. Listen, what is your before we transition onto the icy sport? What is your prediction? Hold on. The NHL is sponsored by Icy? I freaking love Icy's. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Do they get a free Icy after every game? What is your prediction for the national championship? What do I want to happen or what do I think is going to happen? I can't differentiate between the two, so you're going to get both. I would love for TCU to come out here put up a phenomenal game, and win this championship. I think what actually happens is Georgia wins by 20. I hope I'm wrong. I've never wanted to be wrong more in my entire life. Ever. But the bill does always come due. Precedence is a thing, and we have precedence for something like this. Yeah. I, I I want it. I want to be wrong. I want this to be the one in a thousand. I want this to be the exception. We've seen it. We've seen exceptions too. There's presence for that. I want this to be the exception, but I don't. I don't think it is. I think Georgia wins pretty easily here. I think Keandre Miller plays, and I think TCU comes from behind in the fourth quarter, thirty-five, thirty-two. Seriously, or you want that to happen? I believe in every... I believe in 90% of the fibers in my being 
that that I believe with eighty percent of the fibers in my being that that will you happen. You want with a hundred percent of the fibers. You believe with twenty percent, and they're mixing together. I believe with a hundred and sixty percent of the <laughs> fibers. Oh, yeah. No. Um, no, that's what I want to happen, and uh, I'm gonna put it out there into the universe. And uh, what's the what's the wording? I'm gonna manifest. It. Manifest it. That's the word. I'm gonna manifest this dub. This Listen, man. Underdog dub. I hope I'm wrong. I hope you're right. I really, really, genuinely do. Did because you know boy, that one of your hints, uh, one of the players in your hints, was a notable TCU alumni? I did not. Which player? Ladanian Tomlinson. Went to TCU. Went to TCU. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. The more you know. The more you know. Uh, Okay, so. The more you know about hockey. The better your life is. I don't know if you saw it, but Winter Classic this year was pretty good. Boston-Pittsburgh. The first two periods, Pittsburgh dominated. And then a player named Jake DeBrusque. Injured and all. Scores two goals to propel the Boston Bruins, the red-hot Boston Bruins, to victory. Huh. Someone uh, just recently mentioned how good Jake DeBrusque has been this year. He has. You know, he's been really good. He's been fantastic. Who was it that mentioned that? Um, did you see the clip of, I can't remember if it was Allmark or Swayman, skating around in pregame singing Blink-182 yeah. to himself? <laughs> Yes, I did. I loved it. Oh my gosh. I loved it. At the restaurant I work at right now, and it's a bit, uh, I don't know how to describe it, but that is a... Covered in gross little Boston fans? What? What? David, don't be mean. Boston sucks. Everything Boston sucks. Uh, it is a bit Blink-182-y. <laughs> um, I can't tell you how many times I've walked into the kitchen and they're just singing that song. The same song. I can't remember what song it was. It was like... We're going down, down. It's a... Where are you? Where are you? That's a good one. Yeah, you'll just walk into the kitchen and you'll just hear someone screaming as loud as they can. Where are you? Like that? You. What? You. Don't make fun of me. Huh? Yeah. Don't make fun of you? Yeah, don't make fun of me. 30% of my life today, currently, existing, is making fun of you. I have sensitive skin. I have lotion. Yeah. I, I mean, use CeraVe. It helps my eczema. Any who's in. Uh, <laughs> Jake DeBrusque, though, tragic. Not tragic. Tragic is kind of overkilling it. But uh, unfortunate news for the Boston Bruins. Their first line right winger who is on pace for a career year. Going to miss some time with a hand injury and a fractured fibula. Yeah, definitely not great. Do we know how long exactly he's going to be out? Uh, he's on LTIR for at least four weeks. Mm. I think they're going to reevaluate. The hand injury is relevant enough to mention, but I don't think that is the primary concern. I think it's that fractured fibula. They're going to see where that's at in four weeks. But an interesting opportunity for the Boston Bruins. You lose one highly offensive right-winging forward, and another team puts one of the better pure scorers on waivers coming from Detroit. Jakob Verana. Listen, um, I know we just said I can't make fun of you, so I'm not making fun of you. I'm just making an observation. Okay. The way you say Bruins kills me. I love it. Bruins? Bruins. How do you say it? Bruins. That's what I said. No, you say Bruins. When you're talking fast, you say Bruins. I said the Bruins. No, you don't say that when you're talking fast. When you're just talking regularly, you say Bruins. I don't know what you're talking about. B R. 
O-O-N-S, Bruins. I think you're making this up to throw me off my game. That's I'm what not. I think Anyway, talk about Verona. Uh, Verona has the second highest in the league goals per 60 minutes. Oh, wow. Can you guess who is number one? Austin Matthews. That's yeah, Austin Matthews with a one six one. I mean, he's probably the best goal scorer in the league right now. So, uh, Verona has a one four two, and Ovechkin has a one four. He's he's seventy five. Why is he still so good? Um, but the, I mean, this is a player that he does have a five point two five cap hit. But what? A five point two five what? Cap hit. Oh, cap hit. I thought you said cockpit. I was like. Can no, you fly no, him? Is he no. a suit? $5.25 million cap hit. Okay. Uh, and But Boston could get his services for free. He is currently on waivers. Oh, wow. So that And that goes Although, for any team. I feel like Boston is – I mean, not feel like. They are the last team on the waiver wire. So, yeah. Yeah, but uh, there – It'd be there, doubtful that they'll grab him. There is more expectation than you would normally expect. Is that the right terminology? Expectate that anticipation there. Okay. Yeah. There's more anticipation than you would normally expect that he will clear waivers. Interesting. So, uh, kind of surprising. This is a player that a number of teams, honestly, I would, I'm, I, when I saw that he was going on waivers, I was like, huh, there's going to be 30, 31 teams putting in a claim for him. Interesting. Yeah. This was a player who was on, uh, Washington. And went over to the Detroit as a part of the Anthony Mantha trade. One of the bigger pieces of that trade that Detroit got. But Detroit has a plethora of forwards. They got a create space form with uh, Bertuzzi coming back from injury, I believe. Detroit's weird, dude. They have a lot of forwards who have very similar sounding names and very similar playability. So they kind of just merge together in my brain. Why is Detroit still so bad? We don't have to get into that right now. But, like, I thought this was the year Detroit was going to take a step. Uh, so, yes. Detroit moved from the hangar to the runway. You know what I'm saying? But they still haven't taken off just yet. They, they, I think going into this season, Stevie Eiserman knew that that's where they were. Okay. They were doing a bit better than we thought they were. They started. They had a very strong start to the season. They are missing a few pieces. There are a few more pieces that need to develop some younger guys. Like they got, they were pleasantly surprised by Mort Sider last year and Lucas Raymond. They, and what I mean by that is that we knew they were going to be good. We didn't know they were going to be this good this fast. I think there's a couple of other players that they're waiting. I think goal is a big question mark. They got Nadelkovic for cheap from Carolina that didn't make a lot of sense, but then it started to make sense when we saw how he was playing. I was about to say it didn't make sense for Carolina, but then... Uh, I think Detroit is a third line, a strong third-line player and a strong third-line defense. What I mean by third-line is third-line forward player, like a strong yeah, I singular player. Yeah. And I think their third-line defense needs overhauling, and then I think... Nadelkovic will have better numbers, and I think that this team will start going down the runway. I know I'm not. I don't know a lot about hockey, but you know I do know what lines are. That clarification wasn't for you. Okay, I was, I was about to say I, you don't think I'm that dumb, do you? No, no. <laughs> I mean clar- I would understand if you did. I am that, pretty dumb, but like that clarification <laughs> was not meant for you. Okay, um, I don't know what else you have about hockey. I just want. Can I talk about the Preds? Absolutely. Sweet. Cause I'm a. I'm a. I'm a. I'm a Proud sports fan, 
after the last couple games. So you go. I just want to make sure you don't talk about what I want to talk about. <laughs> so continue. No, no, you go ahead and oh, sweet. the Preds. The Preds. We're back. We're going to win the Stanley Cup. Uh, because of one thing and one thing only. UC Soros is the best goaltender that's ever played hockey. He was pretty good. It's simple as that. Uh, this season, UC has been very inconsistent. Uh, one one week, he'll have a 40-save shutout, and the next week, he's getting benched when he allows three goals on nine shots. Uh, he, I mean, quite literally, the definition of inconsistency has been taped to the back of UC Soros hockey pads all season. Uh, and then all of that is so easily forgotten when he makes absolute history against one of the best teams, uh, or some people would argue the best team in the entire NHL, the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, the Carolina Hurricanes put up 67 shots against the Nashville Predators the other day. UC stopped 64 of them. That is the second ever goaltender ever to stop 64 shots and win a game. And it is the third most saves in a regular season, or it's tied for the third most games, in, or saves in a regular season game in NHL history. Um, obviously, I'm being hyperbolic. We're not all the way back. We're not winning the Stanley Cup. He's not the best goaltender ever. But this was an incredible, historic performance from UC. I do think this exposes the Preds' defense a little bit. We sh- why are we allowing 67 shots on net in 60 minutes of play? This game did not go to overtime. This is a regular season, regulation game. Uh, that's, you know, literally insane. Uh, so, obviously, defense probably could use some work. But massive, massive game from UC. I think maybe he needed this. Uh, maybe this will propel him into being the goaltender we all know he is and can be. Uh, this huge confidence boost, whatever. I don't know. Hopefully, it kind of fixes something but again i do think this shows how our defense needs work we've been saying that all year and 67 shots in a regular season game is absurd absolutely ridiculous and then very quickly on the side of the defense uh ryan mcdonough finally netted his first goal as a nashville predator uh last night this is today's thursday or today's Uh, saturday was that friday night that we played the caps Finally netted his first goal of the season on Friday night against the Capitals. Uh, so, good for McDonough. Hopefully he gets into game shape. Uh, granted, he's not super like an offensive defenseman or whatever. So, uh, he hasn't been bad this season. But, yeah, that's the Preds. We've won two in a row. We're not going to lose anymore. We're going to win the Stanley Cup. UFC's one of the best now. Uh, so, thinking, uh, or speaking of Nashville and propelling forward, uh, in case you didn't know, the NHL draft is in Nashville this summer. Wait, really? Yeah, it sure is. I, believe, I didn't know that. I believe it's June 28th and 29th. But on that, Connor Bedard, the projected number one overall pick, cementing himself as the favorite in the World Junior Tournament that recently just concluded. Canada winning gold over Chechnya. Chechnya? Chechnya. Chechnya. Uh, and Bedard had a coming out party on the world stage. Everyone knew the name, but now everyone will remember the name does that sound does that make sense i don't know oh yeah uh he led all players with 23 points nine goals 14 assists and was named the tournament's top forward and most valuable player helping canada win gold in a very impressive campaign and now it's started the 
are we train are our teams going to start tanking for him? If pe- teams are trying to gauge his potential. If he's if his potential is closer to Crosby, McDavid, or Nico, he's shyer, and it's looking more like the former than the latter. So we might see teams start to make a little more moves to lower their chances of winning every night. <laughs> um, what is this guy's name again? Connor Bedard. Connor Bedard. He's a, he's a small fella, but he's a good fella, and he's a quick fella. I, notably, don't like college sports. I've said it a lot. Whatever. Okay. One of the few college sports I do like is hockey. Okay. Because it's fun. It's awesome. There's a lot of goals because the goalies usually suck. Uh-huh. Uh, love, col- love college hockey. And it sounds like I need to start getting into watching juniors hockey. Uh, so this is World, World Juniors. Juniors. Yeah. Uh, it's a tournament every winter. It's basically the best U20 players in the world. I need to start Not watching. all of them are drafted like... yet. Some of them are. Uh, notably, Vegas had a couple of prospects really look really good in this tournament. It is a very... Uh, in Canada, it is a very, very highly anticipated tournament. It, it sounds good. Yeah. Sounds like something I want to watch. Why have you never told me about this? What are you talking about? Thomas, I get all my hockey from you. I'm sorry. Uh, Why have you never told me about this? This sport generally, like, there's some, there's a lot of international hockey that goes on for the year. There's the double really? IHF championships that kind of go. In May, what you generally see is you generally see NHLers who team whose teams are not in the playoffs participating in this tournament. This makes it sound like like hockey is like a mix between a regular sport, American sport, and like swimming. <laughs> like what? Here's what I mean. Swimming is this like year round. You go to different tournaments and you play in different countries all year, mm-hmm. but you don't have like what we do with the NFL and the MLB. And then you have the NHL, but then you also have these juniors where they're going around the world and like have, you said there's international hockey all throughout the year. Yeah. It's like a mix of two. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, but then it's, we do have like the NHL, which is a real big thing. So it's really cool because depending on, you know, the NHL is one of those high parity sports. So depending on what teams make the playoffs and what, you know, significant players on that team, like for instance, uh, Anze Kopitar for LA was one of the only Uzbekistan NHLers in the league and a high level one at that. So when LA wasn't in the playoffs, that team actually stood a chance in the IHF tournament because they had their one star player. Is it Anza? Anzi? What did you, uh, how did you say it? Anze Kopitar. I always called him Anz. Uh, I, I think it's Anze. silent. But yeah, no, there's a lot of hockey that that's going on throughout the year. But the the World Juniors is a very notable time of the year because that's when the uh, central scouting rankings get like updated and there's a little bit more concreteness to them as opposed to, hey, this is what we think will happen, you know? I got you. I got so, you. So uh, what's notable in the NHL, so like in the NFL draft, right, we see a first-round grade player, and we know what a first-round grade player is. Yeah. We know what a second-round grade player is. We know what a third-round grade player is. It's all very established and consistent. In hockey, it is a common belief that after the first 10 picks, draft picks are basically magic beans. Oh. There is no 
rhyme or rhythm. It outside of the top ten, it strictly becomes where teams have certain players. Wow. So like at pick fifteen, your team could have a player rated as a first round talent that my team has rated as a sixth round talent. It is very inconsistent. It is a it's harder to predict. The first ten picks are generally pretty easy, but after that it is You know draft doesn't make sense to me. What? Baseball draft. Big facts. Ten Why? out of the first thirty players picked in the first round of the MLB draft might never play baseball. Probably playing football. There are sixteen year olds that'll get drafted in the first round of the MLB draft. Like what? Kyler Murray. Was drafted one overall. Yep, waste of a pick. And what? And even said to the team that drafted him, "I'm probably playing football." What? Yeah. You know what uh, else doesn't make sense to me? What? Why there are people who listen to us talk about being dumb? I don't me, know why. Me, we have a lot dumb. more viewers than I thought we would. Personally, I, I mean, mean like, listen. I'm not complaining. This is unhinged. This is chaotic. This is... I get on a microphone and say dumb stuff to someone who's actually smart. And for some reason, people listen to that. And And I call Illinois and Indiana the Midwestern Carolina. So... Yeah, because you're smart. Thank you. You're welcome. You're cool. Thanks. You're welcome. But our listeners are also cool. And uh, listen, I don't know where you're going. I don't know uh, what color bike... Your hand, or what kind of handlebars you're, what, uh, move on. Struggling there? Uh, hopefully, you're not going to the Midwestern Carolinas. But if you beef. are, deep dish pizza's overrated. It looks gross. I've it never looks had it. Gross. It just it looks gross. gross. I had once that had a cornbread uh, dough. Don't make that face. It slapped so Cornbread hard. is so dry. Okay, pizza is not. I, I've had one... One cornbread that wasn't dry. And I can have corn. Like, I'll eat cornbread. Do you not like cornbread? I just have to put a pound of butter on it. No, I like cor- I like the taste of cornbread. I like the grittiness of cornbread. I just have to have butter because it's so dry. Why? There's only one cornbread. You Ugh. lose your southern card. I was about to say, I'm a terrible southerner right now. There's only one cornbread that I've ever tried that I have genuinely liked and not needed a pound of butter for. And it was a jalapeno cornbread. Oh, they called it Mexican cornbread. But it was a jalapeno cornbread that I got at a tiny little church I used to preach at in West Point, Tennessee. And it was the best cornbread I've ever had in my life. The only cornbread I've ever truly enjoyed without having to slather in butter or some other sauce. Why do you hate the South? I love where I live. It doesn't feel like it. I love fried Mr. chicken. I hate cornbread. Big Everyone fan. likes fried chicken. That's Big not fan a of southern sweet thing. Tea. I drive a truck. Driving a truck's not a southern thing any either. Sweet tea is a southern thing. I like biscuits. Dog, everyone likes biscuits. I listen to country music. That is a southern thing. All right, listen. I don't know about you, but uh, we're just here so we don't get fined. Wait, we're getting fined? No. I'm so confused.